Welcome to Harvest Mission Community Church. You are listening to one of our sermons. Let me give us the one thing. It's simply this. As we start the book of Jonah, that God is persistently finding a way, even though we are constantly turning away. That God is persistently trying to find a way, find a way to get to your heart, find a way to reach out to you, trying to speak to you. He is constantly finding a way, even though we constantly turn away. I'm going to talk about two things in this passage, in Jonah chapter 1, verse 1 through 16. The first thing is this, when we think about and remember how God persistently finds a way to us, even though we constantly turn away, we have to remember that God pursues us. Everyone say that, come on. God pursues us. Let me go ahead and read verse 1 and 2 of the book of Jonah. Hopefully you've turned to that by now. It says this, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Atamah, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. Now, I want to pause here and set the stage. There are several things that we notice just from these two verses. The first thing is that God is communicating his heart to Jonah. The word of the Lord came to him. Now, this is the part that's exciting because I believe that God speaks to us through his word. When you take the time to spend time with him, to just even reflect, to just get away by the harbor, I don't know, go climb a mountain. When you just spend some time alone with God, he will speak. And so here is the word of the Lord that comes and God is communicating his heart to Jonah. Another thing that you'll see in the first two verses is that God calls Jonah to a purpose. See, something powerful about our relationship with God is that it's not just about us doing all this stuff, but there's a purpose in this relationship. When he calls us into this relationship, he calls us into a purpose. That's why those of you who are still like, what is my purpose in life? It's because you don't know the heart of God. The more you grow in your relationship with God, the more you will understand your purpose in life. Why? Because it's God who created you. It's God who made you. It's God that who is taking care of the whole universe. It's in his hands. Yes, he sees all the evil that's going on. But in due time, he's going to make all things right. And he's going to exalt himself. That's why we have to understand our purpose through knowing who God is. So here, the word of the Lord comes to Jonah and he says clearly that you need to go to Nineveh, to this great city, and call out against it because there's evil in the city. And God's heart was, I want to save this city. I love these people. And so you are called now to part of this purpose that I have. The third thing that you will notice in this first two verses is that God commissions Jonah to go. He says to Jonah, arise, go to Nineveh. Like God is literally commissioning us, go, arise, go to your workplace. You fill in the blank with your name of your company. Go, arise, and you fill in the name of your campus, your classroom, your family, your neighborhood. That's why while you are here in Hong Kong, this is your mission field. He has commissioned you 
to go into the city of Hong Kong to be the salt and light. Now, this is exactly, if you think about this, how he does works in our life. He communicates his heart to us. He calls us to a purpose, and then he commissions us. The reason why so many of us struggle is because we are too self-centered. We make everything about us rather than, God, what is your heart? What is your purpose? Where are you calling me? So I could fulfill that calling in my life. If you remember, Jesus spoke to the disciples and called them and commissioned them. Same thing. If you remember, Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 through 20, it says, Then Jesus said to them uh, and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. This is Jesus now speaking. He has the authority because he died and rose again from the dead. And he says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. There's a purpose there. There's a commission there. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. So just in these two verses, we see the stages being set up. God is calling. God is God is uh, communicating his heart, and he commissions Jonah to go. Let's read verse 3 and see what happens. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. So what did Jonah do with this calling and with this commissioning? Well, it's very clear. We see that he fled to Tarshish instead of going to Nineveh. Now, you have to keep in mind, if you don't understand this, you're going to be like, well, what's the big deal? He decided to go somewhere else, you know? Like, we go, we're going to go on vacation over here, or we're going to eat at this restaurant, and that last minute, like, oh, this looks better, right? So we switch. But I want you to understand that Nineveh was the city of the Assyrian Empire. Those of you who have no clue about the Assyrians, all I can say to you is they were very brutal, and bitter enemies towards the Israelite people. In fact, they were enemies. And that's why there was so much hatred for the Assyrians. And so for God to tell Jonah, who's a Torah-obeying Jew, to go now to Nineveh, a city of Syria empire, and to share the word, there's something that's stirring in Jonah. He says, you know what? I don't want to do that. And also, I want you to think about this. He knows God, that God is compassionate. He's merciful. That those who turn to him, that he will forgive. When was the last time you hated somebody and you wanted the best for them? Are you kidding me? They didn't get the job. <laughs> you didn't get the job. Right? That person that you don't like, they're failing out of school. <laughs> See ya. Like, there is none of us that we would be delighted that our enemies are succeeding. It drives us crazy. So these are enemies of Israel. And God, who is merciful and kind, patient, loving, he is now telling Jonah, the prophet, to go there and proclaim the message. Now it makes sense. Who would want to do it? So for God to tell Jonah to go to Nineveh and proclaim the word, it was something that Jonah did not want to do. Not only because Jonah probably wanted all of them to die, 
but he knew God's heart. So Jonah thought that the easiest way to do this whole thing was just to run away. Run away from the responsibility. Let me show you in a map so you have some idea. It says that, it says here, he took a boat from Joppa here. And instead of going to Nineveh, right, which is right here. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Owen. Okay, can, can, can you guys see this? Yeah. So he was here, so... He traveled maybe about 20-some miles to go to Joppa. And instead of going to Nineveh, he ends up taking a boat and goes all the way over here. <laughs> Must have been a cruise ship. No, it's not. Let me, let me put it this way so that you can understand what's going on. I wanted you to see this visually because you realize he's going in the opposite direction. And he's going far away. He's probably thinking the best way to resist God's call was to go and do the opposite. <laughs> don't preach to them and don't go to that city. He was hoping that either God would choose somebody else because he's like, where are you going? And he goes, okay, forget you. I'm going to choose somebody else. Or he would just be like, oh, Jonah, 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 and just leave him be. You know how it is. Somebody contacts you, just blue tick them. They bump it up again, you're like, blue tick them. Just avoid the responsibility, avoid doing whatever, because you don't want to do it. Then after a while, the leader just goes out, forget it. You know how it works. Unless you're a different type of leader, and they're like, hey, man, why aren't you responding? This is a sin. <laughs> then it's a different issue. You have to keep in mind, on this map, on this map, yeah, there we go, from Joppa all the way to Tarshish, you know how far that is? It's approximately 2,500 miles. That's about 4,023 kilometers. Do you know how far that is? Let me put it in this perspective. They didn't have those big engine boats. They're the sails. It usually travels about 20 to 30 miles per day. So do the math. About 2,500 miles, about 20 to 30 miles per day. This guy was gone or was going to be gone for several months. Out of commission. Don't bother me. I'm just blue ticked you. Leave me alone. I'm wondering if Jonah knew where the boat was going. You're probably like, eeny, meeny, miny, moe, catch your tiger by the toe. If you holler, let it go. You know, eeny, meeny, miny, moe. He goes, I'm going to go to Tarshish. I don't know if they have elaborate maps like this. Maybe Jonah was a studier of geography. Some of us are horrible at geography. We don't even know where China is. But anyway, <laughs> just think about it. Just think about it. Did he even know where Tarshish was? He probably just jumped down whatever is there. He goes, how, how far away is this? How long is this going to take? Two months. Okay, that sounds good. In verse 3, it says he paid the fare and then he went down. But the most important part, listen to me, this is so important. The most important part of Jonah running away is that phrase, away from the presence of the Lord. I hope you caught it. 
in verse 3, two times, that by him not listening to God's call, he was actually running away and turning away from God's presence. Listen to some of these other translations of that word or that phrase. In the NLT, it says to get away from the Lord. The message translation says running away from God. The Amplified Version says to escape from the presence of the Lord. I'm wondering how many of us can relate to Jonah. How often do we find ourselves shirking away from our responsibility? Because we just don't want to do it. It might be something that God is calling you to do. But we don't want to do it because we don't want to give up our comfort. We don't want to do it because we don't want to be inconvenienced. Or it might require us to give something up that we hold on to so dearly. What is it that God is calling you to do? And instead of running to it because you are in the presence of God, you are turning away, escaping, running away from the presence of God. Because whenever you do the will of God, God is there. Amen? He is there. And that's why some of you feel like God is so far away. I mean, I felt that many times over the years. I'm sure some of you have felt that. Some of you are in that right now. You just feel like God is so distant. I'm wondering if you're running away from something. What is it that you're running away from? Is it a responsibility? Is it something that God is calling you to do? You know that he's been speaking to you. It's not just through the word of God. It's been through circumstances, other things. He's been showing you time and time again. Even this past week, he has kind of jarred your memory of things that have happened in the past where you were walking with the Lord. You were in the presence of God and you felt so free. You felt as if you were doing what you were created to do. But for whatever reason, you're at a place now where I don't want to be inconvenienced. I don't want to get out of my comfort. And so now you are away from the presence of God. If we end up finding ways to escape and run away from God, I'm telling you right now, you're going to feel as if God is, His presence is no longer with you. But how many of you know? I think all of us do. We cannot run away from God. Can I get a good amen to that? You are marked. He loves you. He knows you inside out. He's created you. He knows your insides, your desires, the hurts, everything you've been through. The psalmist talks about this. Where can we go from your spirit? That's why in Psalm 139, 139, verse 7 through 8, listen to what it says in the New Living Translation. I can never escape from your spirit. Even if I wanted to run away, I cannot. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride on the wings of the morning, if I dwell on the farthest ocean, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night. But even in darkness, I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. God is persistently finding a way to get to you, even though we are constantly turning away. Look at verse 4 through 6. But the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship threatened to break up. Then the mariners were afraid, and they cried out to his God. Can you imagine? They're crying out to Jonah's God. 
And they hurled the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten it for them. But Jonah had gone down into the inner part of the ship and he had laid down and was fast asleep. Amazing picture. So the captain came and said to him, What do you mean, you sleeper? Arise, call out to your God. Perhaps the God, the God will give a thought to us that we may not perish. God sends this incredible wind to start up a storm to get Jonah's attention. See, God is pursuing you. There are things that are happening in your life right now because God loves you. He's pursuing after you. Things are not working out because he's pursuing after you. Because you think this is going to be your full hope, your full joy, and God says, no, it's not. That's why right now some of you are experiencing almost a sense of emptiness because God's trying to get your attention. He's pursuing after you. And here's this captain of the ship saying, pray to your God. And Jonah is what? Sleeping. Man, you must really, really, really want to run away from God. You know how it is when you get depressed or you don't want to do anything. You just sleep. He's just sleeping. Can I ask us, are you running away from God? What are some things that he's calling you to do that you're trying to avoid? What you're really avoiding is his presence. And we need his presence more than anything else. God pursues us. I'm going to close out with reading this next whole section. And the point I want to highlight is this, that he preserves us. Not only does he pursue us, he will preserve us. He will keep us. Look at verse 7 through 16 as we finish off the story. And they said to one another, come, let us cast lots that we may know on whom, whose account this evil has come upon us. So they cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. Then they said to him, tell us on whose account this evil has come upon us. What is your occupation? And where do you come from? What is your country? And what people are you? Just remember those questions. And he said to them, I am a Hebrew. And I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, What is this that you have done? For the men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. Then they said to him, What shall we do to you? And the, that sea may quiet down for us. For the sea grew more and more temptuous. He said to them, Pick me up and hurl me into the sea. Then the sea will quiet down for you. For I know it is because of me that this great tempest has come upon you. Nevertheless, the men rolled hard to get back to dry land, but they could not, for the sea grew more and more temptuous against them. Therefore they called out to the Lord, O Lord, let us not perish for this man's life and lay not on us innocent blood, for you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. So they picked up Jonah, and hurled him into the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. This is a phenomenal story. That as he's running away, God is pursuing after him. And he's sleeping in the midst of this, this tempestuous, literally this storm that's going to sink everybody. And even these pre-Christians or pre-Jehovah knowers, I don't know, 
There's people who don't even know God, that Israel's God. They knew something was wrong. And they go, let's cast lots. That's, that's how they would do it during those times. Let's figure out. The gods will tell us. And they're casting these lots, and it falls out. You know, it's like spin the bottle. Oh, Jonah. And they're like, okay, dude, what did you do? What's your occupation? Where are you from? What country are you? They're asking all these questions because they want to know something is wrong, and it's you. Now, let me, let me just mention this really quickly. Some of you are thinking, wow, Jonah is so sacrificial. Wow, Jonah just really must have been convicted. He's so repentant. Because he says, throw me into the ocean, and the raging sea will settle down. But I want you to pause before you get very dramatic here. He's not heroic. Remember what I shared earlier? The last thing he wants to do is what? To go to Nineveh and share the good news. That's how much hatred he had for the Assyrians. So this is Jonah's mindset. I'd rather die than to do God's will. Are you with me? Does that, does that make sense? He says, just take me and kill me. Just throw me over and kill me so that I don't have to do God's will because you're dead, right? This is what he's thinking. I don't want to do that. But if you kill me, then I can't do that. So it's great. It's one of the most cowardly things that Jonah is asking these guys to do. Now, this is the contrast. Here's Jonah who knows God. He says, I'm a Hebrew. I fear the Lord. <laughs> but here are these people who don't know Yahweh, who don't know God. But they're acting more as followers of God than Jonah. Does that make sense? Because they're like, no, we don't want to kill you. We don't want to be guilty of innocent blood. We're not going to commit that crime. So what did they do? They were rowing harder to try to get away from the storm. But guess what? God was still in control. And God says, row, row, row your boat. You're not going to go anywhere. <laughs> because I'm pursuing after Jonah. I want Jonah to wake up. Because I'm going to preserve his life. Because I have a plan for him. I have a purpose for him. Even though he wants to end his life in a cowardly way, I have a purpose for him. So even these people who didn't know God, as they were trying to do the right thing, it, it just wasn't working. So what did they do? They finally said, okay, it's you, man. We're going to throw you out. And he's tossed out. And we will see next week what happens. <laughs> in the belly of the fish. And how God ministers to us in some of the most darkest times. But I don't want you to forget that God is pursuing after you and after me. And he loves us. He's watching over us. He is preserving our life because he wants us to do his will. That's the love of God. When we don't deserve it, when we should have been banished, we should have died, he's still keeping us alive because he has a purpose for us. That's why God is persistently finding a way, even though we constantly turn away. 
I'm going to encourage us with three things. First of all, as we look up here, three things this coming week. First of all, spend some time with God. I know it just seems like a simple thing, but I'm telling you right now, you got to get to know his heart more. His love for you, what the gospel means. And if you could just spend some time with God, and you don't always have to be reading the Bible. Sometimes for me, as I'm walking, I'm listening to music, some praise music, making me, helping me to think about God. And I sometimes think about all the things that he's delivered me from, all the things that he has guided me, all the ways that he provided for me and our family, all the ways he's provided for our church, all the ways that he has worked supernaturally where I know that I could not have created it or generated it, but it was God. When you spend that time with him, you start appreciating who he is and what he means to you. And you realize that he's been pursuing you and that he's been preserving you. The second thing is this, share your struggles with others. Because as you all know, in this journey of life, it's not easy trying to be a disciple. There are things that God is calling you to do you don't want to do. There are things that he's calling me to do I don't want to do. And it's a struggle. It's a battle. Sometimes that tension is strong where we try to love God. We, want to, we know we ought to love God, but we love these other things too. But when you're able to share those struggles with other people, we're walking together. Sometimes they can speak truth into you. Sometimes it's just a reminder. Sometimes they will share their story. You realize, man, if God worked in their life, I know he can work in my life. So share your struggles with others. And the last thing is start living out your purpose. But pastor, I don't know my purpose. I always tell people, if you don't know your purpose, borrow one until you find your own. Or just live out what you see in scripture. And the one that I gave you early on is Matthew chapter 28. Go and make disciples of all nations. Find a way to do that in your workplace. Find a way to do that in your classroom. Find a way to do that in our community. Start making disciples. And you realize, wow, this is what I was created for. And then he's going to give you new purposes, new things to do. And you realize that God is good. And I pray that as we respond to him, that we can grow in that way. Thank you for listening to the Harvest Mission Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit our website at hongkong.hmcc.net.